are listening to the Casimir Engine. Ka ka ka! Hasn't that been done to death? Isn't that so 990s? Uh, you think so? It's the Casimir Engine. It's not ka ka ka. Hey, you're listening to the Casimir Engine Show podcast. I'm the Casimir Engine. And as usual, people have been shouting at me in the streets. What's on the show tonight, Casimir? Well, I'll tell you what's on the show tonight. We've got a review of Matlock Bath Music Festival and um, what I was doing over there at the weekend. Um, but the main featurette, you see what I did there, try and link it through to films, featurette and all that kind of ice creams will be served at the interval. We've got a chat with Stuart Wielden um, from Nine Ladies Films. I met Stuart last night in Worksworth at the Stardisk. Um, he's got a new film that's being made up at the Stardisk. For those of you out of the area, the Stardisk is an art installation in a little village in Derbyshire called Worksworth. And it's like a, a flat expanse, um, circular um, disc of, of stone. And um, in the stone, it's got all the constellations that lights up at night. It's an incredible looking thing. I'll put some images on the Facebook site. The Casimir Engine. Reliably mediocre. So what happened at the Matlock Bath Music Festival then, Cas? Well, tons of stuff. The unfortunate thing is I was late. Uh, to move, Casimir Jr. was moving house at the weekend, so I was a bit late, um, but I managed to get to uh, the pavilion, the Grand Pavilion. I think it was the first time that the pavilion's been involved in the Matlock Bath Music Festival, and I managed to catch a hold of Patron Saint um, from Belper. Absolutely incredible set. If you like Coheed and Cambria or maybe Rush, I might not be, I might be giving them a bit of disservice by comparing them to somebody. Um, Maybe a porcupine tree, Um, but absolutely excellent band. So I managed to catch them. Then I went over to the fish pond and I saw um, the uh, serpent motors. Um, and then I was um, seconded over to Toad Tales and Ales. Um, that used to be the Princess Victoria, and it's just been renovated. And I uh, helped out with um, me and Mr. Jones, an acoustic um, uh, trio. Um, I also um, helped uh, Paris Alexander. She's a singer-songwriter. Um, she did a great set there. Then there was Sounds Bizarre with uh, Johnny Dysfunctional. He came on at nine and did an absolutely banging set. And then finally we had Cottage Bluegrass Boys at ten um, playing some Americana. And a great night it was. Great beer. Fantastic weather. The guys who run Mathlock Bath Music Festival absolutely pulled another stonker out. It was fantastic event um, and they deserve um, a massive well done um, from the Casimir Engine show podcast team Oi, Casimir Engine I've listened to your show and it's a shambles We're going to be playing a few tracks in between the conversation with Stuart Wielden we're going to have 
um, a bit of Frank from Worksworth. We're going to have a track by Pocket Full of Nout, who are on the Midland Hotel. And we're going to have a track by uh, Patron Saint. And if we can fit one in, we're going to have um, Paris Alexander. So I met up with Stuart Wielden from Nine Ladies Films up at the Star Disc. Um, it was blowing a gale, so you might hear a bit of wind noise. It wasn't me, or oh, it wasn't Stuart. And um, we had a couple of bottles of home brew, and then all of a sudden it started raining. I'm Stuart Wielden, and you're listening to the Casmir Engine Show Prod Polar. You see, I told no, you I'd get it wrong. Leave it in. Yeah. I still... <laughs> you can leave it in. Rada. Rada, that's it. Brilliant, yeah. Casimir Engine Show podcast. Fantastic. There you Fantastic. Go. Thanks very much for uh, um, meeting us in this breezy outside That's broadcast. No problem. We're uh, we're currently at the Star Disc. Star Disc in works. I'll yeah. probably better not turn around and start say, talking. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not going to work at all, is it? No. But, um, and an incredible view over Worksworth. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, and you're Worksworth born and bred? Worksworth born and bred, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How long have you lived in Worksworth? Lived in Worksworth for the last seven or eight years okay you moved away you've you've found out that the world isn't flat and it's not flat no no No, and you have moved away moved away for quite a while and then moved back to worksworth yeah Yeah. where did you where did you go traveled around the world for a while uh and then lived or lived in stratford upon avon where i worked for a while lived in london moved around and then ended up back here yeah lived in france for a while so and what's the lure of worksworth um, you always come back. To, I always say you come back to where you where you begin, and I don't know. There's something. There must be something about it because it's inspired me to write all of these weird and wonderful tales. So we need to get onto that quickly because yeah. um, I've not seen your films yet, but right. I've been an avid follower of your tweets and yes. your Facebook sites and yeah. things like that. Where where do they all come from? Where is it? Are you inspired by the place? Are you inspired by an event or is it from a dark place um it's that's really that's that's a good question the first it all started literally right it started 2015 i left my job i was working as a civil servant and i left my job and said right i'm going to go back to film which is what i'd always been doing before and and set up this film company and i was floating around ideas because i'd always done really serious drama and that sort of thing and i thought you know what i ought to just do something completely different and I'd always spoke about doing horror at university okay um, so I just looked for ideas and it just start, started out with me just trawling the net you know creepy pasta and all that sort of thing and doing lots of research and I just came across the first film which was in limbo I came across this story which was about the Canuck Chase black eyed children that okay. had been in the national press um, they'd done quite a few stories on it in the sort of the tabloid press and I just thought you know that's a really interesting idea so I started looking into it further and looked into the urban legend that David Weatherly who's a uh, he's a paranormal researcher who's based in the States he's done a book called Vex the Black Eyed Children um, and I contacted him and just said you know I've got this idea can you give me some information and he started talking to me about it and it just formulated this idea in my head about oh black eyed children dreams um you know what can we do and where can we take it further 
So then I wrote the story, and then it just it just all materialised from there. And then it just sort of I don't know, just weirdly after not being able to write anything for about four or five years, a series of ideas just started springing into my mind, which were all sort of semi bizarre. Some of them were based on legends or myths or do you, do you write them as a book or are you writing no. them specifically for a no, film? No, make them specifically for film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's what's the difference? What is a story is it are you going through um uh, specific character traits or is it different is it a different method of writing for books? I, and- I wouldn't know where to start. With to be book. honest with you, to write a book, no. I mean, I've got friends who have, who have written novels and written stories in book form, and I wouldn't know where to start. I've always written for stage and for film, so yeah. I, I always visualise it. So I'll spend a long process before I write anything um, looking at locations, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll spend hours and hours sitting there going through various different thought processes about certain locations, whether they work... Um, within the context of the film and then once that all sort of comes together once the images are all in my head then I start writing and then then the characters take over so the characters write themselves does it help you said you had an acting background does does that help in your writing can you see that from their perspective yeah yeah I mean I I, I, you always from from a writing point of view the story is a key but from an acting point of view that's that's potentially true, but then you've got to start thinking about, you know, whether the st- you've got to tell the story through the words of the actor and through the action. So, I mean, stage writing is very different. Film writing is about image and and words coming together and music coming together and all of the different aspects coming together um, to create the overall picture. And I try and get my head around all of those aspects. <laughs>
you are listening to the brand new Casimir Engine Show podcast, beamed to you direct from the Grand Pavilion Matlock Bath. So we're just talking about um, uh, writing for actors or um, writing the character parts. Where do you find your actors? Is there is there like a recruitment consultants for actors or? Well, there is if you go that way. I mean, I, I'm 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 lucky because I've got friends who are actors, and they will be my first port of call. Um, and then you know, I've become an expert, and I've had to become an expert through my filmmaking of how to do everything via social media and the internet and through websites and okay, through yeah. that whole that whole way so yes yeah, so i've used casting networks that are, are available so there's a massive database of actors and you can put in you need heights male yeah. female blah 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 and then you get loads of people coming back and they send the cvs into you and you can look through them and you shortlist them and you can audition them or you approach people i mean i i, I tend to approach people and i tend to really annoying yeah. um, <laughs> we're being buzzed by are, Trump I yeah, think yeah. Um, I tend to approach people who I think I would like to work with yeah. and I've never been afraid of doing that so you might as well just approach whoever they can only turn around and say I can't do it or I don't like the script yeah. so, that's, so that's the way I go about it so you know people like Nigel who I've worked with I've worked with him on two films and working him on the new film um, I approached him, he read the script and said, yeah, love it. I'll and he just and likes it. your style of he work? He just likes, yeah, yeah. And he like, well, I'm looking, he likes to work with independent filmmakers. Yeah. And he likes to work, he does his big films, um, but he likes to work on a, on, a, on a lower key film, as these are. Yeah. And he likes, and it, it gives him the opportunity from a character point of view to have more of a meaty role. Yeah. And, get his, and get, have roles that he would never play on the big screen in terms of a big budget movie but he would get the opportunity to play them at this level and I think that's what he likes I mean I hope I, I, I hope that if he was here he'd say no yeah. actually Stuart you know I actually really like your scripts and you yeah. know you're, you're, you're reasonably good at writing you're reasonably good at directing that's why I want to come back and work with you uh, so yeah and that, yeah that's how I go about it just approach people who I think you know I, I will hear about people and actors and actresses I'll hear about through you know being part of it I suppose and I will and I'll think oh maybe that person I can work with there's an actress yeah. who has approached me recently and you know I've said I can't work, work with you now but maybe two projects down the line a role will come yeah along I'd, I'd, I'd spotted her two years ago okay and she came to me now and said I want to work with you and I've you know so what do they say when they're coming to works with has anybody heard of Worksworth? No, 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 nobody. No, no, no one's heard of Worksworth. No. <laughs> no, no, even with it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't actually exist, really. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all a myth. It's a fabricated, it is, yeah. fabricated world. Yeah, yeah, it is. Is yeah. it? We're probably living in one of your films. Well, potentially, we could be. I, 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 I often think to myself, is, is everything I'm doing actually really just a film, and I'm going to wake up one day? And just think, to, and it's all, it's all, it's all right. That's it. You can go now, Stuart. You've done your bit. You've done your acting role. So it's yeah, strange you'd say that. Yeah. Does it? I mean, does a ten? Does a town lend itself to horror? Do you think it's? A, I think it does. Yeah. I, there's I a dark underbelly, the, or is I it think, just a darkness about the mining heritage? And I just, I just, I just love the, I love the landscape, and I love the the settings, and I think, you know, you've got 
you have got the industrial side of it. So you've got the old quarries, you've got the old mines, you've got um, you've got the farming sides of it, you've got the dry stone walls. But you know, you've got I don't know. The, the, there must be something like in the back of my brain that thinks, oh, that's that is really not is a really nice location, and I can use that, and I can use that in a way that potentially you wouldn't see it. Because it's, re it's really interesting from my point of view is when I showed in Limbo the first time um, at the cinema in 2015, some of the people who went to watch it who were from Worksworth came to me afterwards and said, you know, that's really good. We really like that because we recognise places in Worksworth, but we didn't recognise them because yeah. you used them in a way that we would never have looked at them yeah. in that way. So, yeah, so you, and I think, you know, that's part of being a filmmaker. You, that's what you can do present to people what they see every day but in a different manner so to speak and yeah Worksworth is a great place but then the whole area around here is great yeah, anyway it's incredible but like you said I think it's something about there's so many industrial properties that are run down and yeah, and, yeah. and just really really have a, a kind of a romance about them yeah it's, the, going, it's going back to that gothic horror yeah. thing isn't it you know but. were you a horror fan as a kid yeah 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 I was yeah I, and, I, and it's funny because a lot of my films now get compared to Hammer Horror which is I don't mind one bit because I grew up loving Hammer Horror and thought this is great you know and then you know I moved on and sort of Kubrick was a massive um, influence on me when I was wanting to well when I started making films um, you know The Shining absolutely yeah. brilliant film um, and I just still look at it now and just think I don't get it in places because it's just so so good I remember we went to watch The Shining on Halloween at Northern Lights. Right, yeah. And I'd parked down near the, where the Feather Star is mm. now, and we had to walk through the churchyard to get back. Right. And it was probably one of the most frightening experiences <laughs> of my life. <laughs> yes, yeah. Absolutely incredible movie. It is incredible. Is he down there as being your fave... I suppose, I mean, people say to me, Kaz, who's your favourite podcaster? Yeah. And I think about it for a couple of minutes and then it's me. Yeah. So <laughs> do yeah. you get the the regular thing, um, who's your favourite director? Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't know. I, I he's up there, yeah. I mean, but then I've got such a wide, diverse way of um looking at who inspires me in different ways. I mean, uh, Pressburger and Powell, uh, who did the red shoes, um, that's, I mean, that's one of my favourite films, and that's yeah. a very different film to, you know, to something like Tarkovsky's another director that inspires me, Fellini's another, you know, Eisenstein, you know, all these film directors in some way have inspired me and make me make the films that I make, and the way I, they inspire me in the way I make them. Yeah. And it's just picking, you know, Bergman's one of my, Bergman, I mean, you know, I would love to be the next Bergman. I'm not going to be. Because I'm not Swedish for a start, so that doesn't, you know. Uh, the works with Bergman. The works with Bergman. <laughs> I, you, you know what? I, I just, I just like, I just like to, I like to make films. And if if I can make a film and someone can walk in and watch one of my films and they can come out and they say, do you know what? I've had to think about something there. Yeah. And I maybe don't get it. I get that bit. I don't get that bit. But I like the overall concept of it. Then I've done my job as far as I'm concerned. And that's what drives me on to continually do it and telling these weird and wonderful stories as people will say to me is perhaps the way I'm, I'm doing it and it's yeah it's just about bringing people into a different world for half an hour an hour however long so we're both sitting here in don't follow the light right. t-shirts we are yeah. Yeah, yeah 
where did Gillian come from? Gillian Gold is the main character, I would imagine, or the, the main... Yeah, it's the Gillian, main character. Gillian Gold is the main drive for Don't Follow the Light. Yeah. Theoretically, in the film, Don't Follow the Light, she's not the main character because she's... she's Don't give it away. Oh, I'm not going to give it no. away. It's, it's, basically, the whole concept of Gillian Green, Gold, Gillian Green, Gillian Gold, came about through a long, long process of creating, trying to create a character, just a character. And out of the blue, this character um, popped up in my head, and it was basically the Banksy of journalism. And that yeah. just came into my head. And I just thought, what a, what a great idea that is. is you know, we've got the how Banksy. Do you mean, how do you mean the Banksy? What, what, what makes her the Banksy of... She's... she's a journalist, an investigative journalist who no one knows the true identity of. Okay. Is that her real name? Well, we don't oh, know. Oh, we don't know. Okay. I mean, e- even we don't know as writers at the moment whether that's her <laughs> real This is something we, we've actually been discussing recently. Yeah. And we said, is Julian Gold her real name or does she have, a, does she have another name that we okay. will never know? Yeah. So, it's, uh, so, yeah, from my point of view, and I just thought that's really interesting because then if you've got this Banksy of journalism who is a journalist who no one knows the true identity of she becomes almost like in my mind she became the Sherlock Holmes character so it's this sort of character that can expose things in a, in a, in a way but no one knows who she is I see and I just thought that was a fascinating idea and I just thought initially we start thinking I mean we are still thinking maybe it would be better as a whole TV series um, rather than film, but we're working on the preface of a film at the moment. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I just think she's a great, a wonderful character, and I'm really excited from a writing point of view because I don't know where she's going to go, and that's that's really a weird thing to say as a writer. You, you just said something that I, I got, I've got a list of things that I was dying to ask you because I've been following you on Twitter yeah, yeah. which is kind of a bit weird you know when yeah, you meet somebody it, that yeah, you yeah. follow on Twitter it's always a bit odd yeah. but um, I always thought uh, with the with the films and the trilogy yeah. so is there a link between Gillian Gold from the new film yeah. to In Limbo and the telephone no, no. there's no link no, through no, to no. it at all no link no. whatsoever no 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 the Jill, Jillian Gold is completely separate, and we—is this the beginning of something it's, else? It's then? a beginning of something else, and it's the beginning of a completely new direction, really, because it's something we—I've we, deliberately set out, and Nick, who's producing it with me, and he's writing with me, um, we've both set out with this idea that we want to create a character that is driven by not ourselves as writers. And that's a really weird concept to get your head around. But we want it to be driven by people. Um, so that is why we've created... I mean, Gillian, Gillian Gold exists. And people keep saying to me, and I've now... If people, Someone asked me the other day and said, you know, who is Gillian Gold? I said, she, she is this real person. And in my okay. mind, she is a real person. Uh, okay. I mean, you, yeah. but I haven't met her. Yeah. But she's out there but somewhere. But she's out there somewhere, yeah. 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 
and one day perhaps I will meet her and one day she'll perhaps she'll pop up and uh, she'll go actually you know thank you very much Stuart so so it's really interesting so the way the way we're approaching it is we're approaching it as if we're documentary makers making okay. a film about this mysterious and, woman and is it more supernatural than um, than horror it's more psychological horror yeah, yeah. I mean, all of my films are psychological horror. I would never say any of my films are horror. It's not true slasher horror. fest, is no, it? No, it's no, not no, that no, kind no, of no, thing. No. Are we no. talking Children of the Damned? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, talk- we're talking, we're talking characters like Norman Bates in Psycho. Okay. Because Max, who is the character in the Telephone, the second film, um, was inspired by Norman Bates' character. Okay. So he was the inspiration behind his character. Yeah. Um, and I sort of wrote that with that in mind. So, yeah, so it was never really... It was never... But I, I don't know. Some people say it is horror. I don't think it is. Yeah. I, la- I laugh when people say to me that, really. Because I, d- I don't see it that way. I just see it as it being a story which I'm telling and it's got a slightly psychological twist yeah. to it. It's more yeah. Hitchcockian. Yeah, yeah. I was... Um, have you got one of the other questions that mm. I've got... You're answering all my mm. questions before I get yeah, you. Yeah. Um, have you appeared... Do you appear in your films yeah. like Hitchcock? Yeah. Yeah. Deliberately. Yeah, that was can, we, can we spot you easily or you're really trying mm, hard not to... No, no. I, you can, if you No, if you... In the first film, you can probably spot me. I don't say anything in it. I'm just there in the background um, in, in, in a pub, which is... The usual place you'll find me. Yeah, and then in the second one, I actually ended up I ended up having a role in it. Okay. So I play so I play a very small role in there and get killed off. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I, I had to, but and that was really interesting because I was yeah. having to direct, act, and yeah, all that sort of thing all in one. To and get criticism from your fellow actors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. 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 I turn around to you. Fire him then. <laughs> I'd love to. I would love to, but I know I can't go that far, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. If life was not bad enough, Kaz is back. You don't know me at all, she said. I thought that she was messing with my head. Of course, I know her. Christ Almighty! I know but she stops telling me stuff I don't know Like she got a secret lover and her extra toes were on the ground below her and her sky above I never knew about the toes and the secret lover Six toes and a 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 secret lover as extols and a secret love, I am going to tell a mother. You may think you know about the women in your life. Mother, sister, girlfriend, daughter, wife. Now for mine, that receptionist that one with the funny haircut and the worrying smug. You may think that you know a man, you might be wrong. Maybe the signs were there all along Phone on silent, feet on the cover Six toes and a secret lover 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 
Six toes had a secret love Six toes had a secret love Hey, I'm gonna tell a mother If you got a darling, check her toes Regularly in case another one grows Talk to her, get into her mind Otherwise you never know what you might find it's all appendages, unusual habits Top hats containing rabbits There's always one thing or another like Six toes and a secret lover 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 Hey, I'm gonna tell a mother Six toes and a secret lover 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 Hey, I'm gonna tell a mother This is an official three-minute warning. This is an official three-minute warning. You're listening to Radio Free Smithley Street. Very soon you will hear the voice of the Casimir engine, bringing the very best music to you, tonight. This message will not be broadcast again. I repeat, this message will not be broadcast again. So, you're showing uh, a film at Northern Lights. Yes. What yeah. date's that? The 16th of September, Sunday. Part of the festival. Part of the festival. And we've got Friday night this week. This week. At the Pavilion. Yes, yeah. And we're showing... In Limbo and the Telephone. Fantastic. Yeah. And what's being shown at the festival? In Limbo and the Telephone. Okay. The Telephone's never been shown publicly. Oh, right. It's only been in film festivals. Yeah. So, um... I just thought it's about time. It's been, I mean, it's, it, you can get it on Amazon and things. You can go yeah. on Amazon Prime and all that sort of thing and yeah. various different channels it's on in America. I've got it listed in different places around around the world. I don't know. It's a bit weird because I don't really know sometimes. Yeah. I, I just get emails and, yeah, have it, distribute it that way. So, yeah. But it'd be nice, it'll be nice from my point of view to see it on at the cinema and at, at, on Friday. And I'm doing a little re-edit of it as well. Okay. So there's a little bit extra. Director's cut. Director's <laughs> cut. Wow. Yeah. But you were saying that um, uh, Don't Follow the Light yes. isn't in production yet. But Starman, the movie that you've... I hate that term, movie. The film that you've just announced is going to be ready before Don't Follow the Light. Starman is, yeah. Okay. Um, that was just basically because... Don't Follow the Light is so complex in terms of the number of... Act I've got four main actors up here and a bigger crew and getting all of that organised in the time that I wanted to get it organised was sort of... I've had to shift the schedule very, very slightly. So I was left with a bit of a gap and because I haven't done any filming for just... Well, for over a year, I thought I need to get back doing something. So we wrote this film called Starman, which we wrote really for... Um, British Film Institute funding for the short film scheme. 
so it's only 15 minutes it had okay. to be 15 minutes so that was part of there and I turned around to Nick and said you know what I really want to make it because it's easy is it science fiction or? it's science fiction drama yeah 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 it's about a guy it's about a homeless guy who's an ex-paratrooper who um, is living rough um, and he's trying in some way to create a antennae that communicates with the others as he calls them and he's befriended by a woman called Lisa um, who's I don't know whether you could argue she takes pity on him or she's trying to look after him and she's, she drops food off for him Okay. Um, and he won't touch it and he, she goes and replaces it every day and it's rotting and she puts another one back and then eventually she goes up and she sees him sitting on the star disc um, and the conversation starts and they they, they, they start they start a, a friendship um, she's having marital problems and basically it's a really it's a, just a story it's, it's a sort of an existentialist story about their, their journeys and where they're going to go next within their lives okay and it's just so yeah it has got a sci-fi element to it and but it's more drama it's going back to my roots so do you write people do, do you find inspiration in people that you know in works with not with this one this one's purely based on lots of things that have happened in my life okay so the character um, of Mark who is a soldier in Starman he's based on he's based on lots of people I've come across in my life who um, who've been slightly more disadvantaged, I suppose, and you know, and I've, I've, I've I, when I, when I used to work in the civil service, I used to work in, in in the benefit system, and I used to come across a lot of people who were, you know, who were struggling, and I used to deal with them, and uh, I, I it, it in sort of inspired me in a way to start. I, I've always wanted to write something something which was more social and something which was more hard hitting so it's going back to that sort of thing so yeah so, yeah, so it is it, it, it's my it's my personal little dig so to speak okay. at, at the system and how it works yeah. and this sort of thing so yeah homelessness at the moment I was uh, I've mentioned it on last episode um there's a couple of guys living in a bus shelter yeah. outside Sainsbury's in Derby. Right, yeah. And they're living in a tent. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost, yeah. it's almost a permanent fixture, if you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, these, yeah. these guys have moved in. Yeah. So, and, and Nottingham, um, I don't know whether you're heading to Nottingham at all, but, but Nottingham is, is uh, it has an incredible homeless oh, no, it does, issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And there are a few people trying to help out there, but I don't think there's enough. No, there's not enough. No, there's never enough, is there? And, the, yeah. it, and in, my, in my mind, without becoming political about it, it's something that shouldn't exist. And I'm really not in today's not in today's modern society. We shouldn't no. have this happening, and uh, it's something that we should we should wipe out. And you know, there's no argument to say these people should be on the streets because anyone at any time in their life could be affected by that and could be. You know, it I happens to normal people, as we were normal. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't mean normal in that sense, but it could be, happen to anyone. I, th- I think you're right, and I th- again, not wanting to get too political about it, but I think the the, the step now from being comfortable in your own home or in rented accommodation, even with your family, to losing your job, losing your family, and being homeless, is is such a short step. Oh yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were talking earlier about TV 
shows. Yes. And how Gillian Gold could have been a TV series. Yes. Yeah. Few questions for you. Then. Yeah. Okay. Twin Peaks. Yeah. David Lynch. Yes. An inspiration. Yes. Or, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, do you think you could write a TV series? I. I would love to think I could write a TV series. I've never wrote a TV series, and it's very different again. Um, So, yes, I would think I could with Nick. Um, It's something we're looking at, but I don't know. Part Part of my brain, from a producing point of view, says, you know... Realistically, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna get this out to an audience, is going the feature film route the best route, or is it going the route of trying to look at someone like Netflix or one yeah. of those players and going to them and pitching it as an idea for a yeah. for a three four part, you know, fifty minute per episode series and see what happens. Yeah. So they're the things that we're toying with at the moment, and I think because of her character and what she does it's perfect for TV because you know each episode could be her investigating a different paranormal yeah. or something a conspiratorial theory yeah. and that's because that's urban what, myth or urban or, myth yeah. yeah yeah and you know and that that they're the things that they're inspiring sort of inspiring for me i mean it's interesting from the point of view as we were talking the other day because Gillian Gold is a character obviously who no one knows the identity of. One of the things we were discussing is: is would you ever actually see her? Okay. In one of the films. In the films, yeah. yeah. Or even in the TV series. Yeah. Would you do it from? Would you shoot the whole thing from her point of view? So you'd actually never actually get to see her face. But she's a character. But she's in a the... character. So yeah, which yeah. is something we were toying with, and I, I still don't know whether what I I even don't know from my own point of view with, with the don't follow the light because she's in that. Whether I'm going to. I will show her, but I'm not whether to show her face, yeah, or whether just not to show her face to show yeah, her, you know, element of, a, a element of a. But we know she's yeah. there, but we don't really know she's there. Yeah. So yeah. What were the TV programs that you watched as a kid? Well, let's, you're you're in your forties. Let's say you're in your forties. Yep. Um, what was it that, that that why why have you become what you've become? And was it TV or film? No, or? It, it was definitely film. I mean, I. I, I I went through the, all of the I've got the, the classic TV programs from the eighties, you know, that I used to watch, and I still discuss with all my friends who I grew up with, you know, from Airwolf to the A Team, yeah. <laughs> you know, Sweeney, all these, yeah. all you know, there's, there's, the list is end, and you know, even you know, Rising Damp, yeah, uh, Rise and Fall, Reginald Perry, and classic. That's Absolutely. one of my favourite uh, favourite. You now you, you know, you're saying programs that are. Either crime or thrillers or comedy. Yeah. No sci-fi. No. I would have put money on Doctor Who. I did. Or I, Blake Seven yeah. or something. Along I, I did watch Doctor Who. It's weird. It's weird because I find I find myself being one of these. I, I've I've yet to go, and I'm sure that at some point I will have to go to some sort of horror convention or one of these conventions where, because I'm signing pictures. Well, well no, no, just flogging my films basically. Yeah. And I often think to myself, you know, how am I going to cope with it when these people come up to me who are experts on all of these yeah. things come and say, you know, well, where, where, where's your inspiration, Stuart? And I'm like, well, it's actually, you know, Rise and Fall of Rachel Perry. And they, <laughs> they look at me and they go, well, you know, and it's like you say. And I, I do find it a bit weird, really, that I'm writing these films that are fitting into that genre, but really 
my interest in film was something very, very different. I mean, as a child, I just loved watching musicals. Okay. And one of my things I said as when I started saying, oh, you know, at the age of whatever, 12, I think, I started saying I want to make films, was that one day I'm going to make a musical. And do you think that's on the cards? Yeah. Or? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that will be on the cards in the future. I'm not talking now. I'm talking probably... And are you a musical person or...? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. One of the first plays we wrote was called The Last Temptation of the Devil. Oh. And that was, yeah, that was uh, inspired by um, Irving Berlin and Gershwin music. So it's quite, quite, a, quite hilarious. I've, we've, I've got a musical that I've written with, a, with one of my friends who's a screenwriter... And uh, that's based on a devil who runs a nightclub called Lucifer's. Oh, okay. And it's all based on that era's music. And it's, we want to take it, it's, a, it's something that we've, 15 years this has been going on, and we still, at this point, don't know whether we'll ever do it. And, I, and people keep saying to us, no, you're going to have to do it, you're going to have to do it. And we've eventually, last year, came to the point where we said, well, actually, we will try and actually write this thing. But then we were like, is it a West End musical, as we initially saw yeah. it, or is it a film? Yeah, and I was like, no, it's a film. Yeah. Let's do it as a film, you know. <laughs> and I, do you write the music? I wouldn't write the music. No, no, no I'm, I, 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 I do write. I do try and write music, but I've, you, the problem is you can't. Uh, you can't be good at everything, and I yeah. would never profess to be that good. Yeah. So I just get someone in who's actually can do it. <laughs> So as a as a, a young person in in Worksworth, yeah. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of group did you fit into? Were you a goth, or were you a punk, or were you a, a modern new romantic? Did you have? Were you a? No, we were freaks. That's oh, okay. Uh, that's, that's now, do you know what I've got? Were you weird at school? <laughs> that's one of the questions I've got written down. I'm sure that all of my friends oh, at school Alice would, 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 is probably yes. Yes, Alice probably would say that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure she would. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yes, I, I think we were. I think we were. I I always thought that I stood on the edge so to speak yeah. so I had friends who were the goths and were that sort of way but then I had other friends who were more you know I don't know sporty or yeah. that sort of thing so so you were, were you, did you class yourself as a bit of an outsider or no, no not really no I always got I always got on with everyone and that was the weird thing and you know most people who met me several years ago um, said it doesn't surprise us what, you, what you're doing Stuart because yeah. you know, we always thought you'd do something like that. either that, or you'd be a politician. And that's what oh, they all said wow. to me. Yeah, they always said that you were always one of these people who debate the arse off, you know, <laughs> things, and you wouldn't give in. Yeah. Uh, in, with age, I've stopped doing that now, so I don't do that as much now. So. When do I do it? Now. You're listening to the Casimir Engine Show podcast. Well, let's fly through a few questions yep. then. Um, Night out, mm-hmm. chips or a burger? So uh, fish and chips or burger and chips and a shake? Uh, fish and chips, definitely. Fish and chips. Yeah, yeah. And the, the big question yeah. for listeners of uh, the Casimir Engine Show podcast, yeah. what's your favourite colour of jelly? Uh, green. Green? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, we've only had one person. Well, we've only probably had we've only had five five people, I think, who voted. So we've got two for green, which is a strange one. Yeah, I don't know. Green makes you an outsider. <laughs> typical. Uh, no, no surprise there. <laughs> um, what would you do if you weren't an artist? Oh, politician? You just said no. That, I wouldn't know if oh, I okay. well, I wouldn't be a pol- no. I'd be an archaeologist. That was what okay. I wanted. That was the other thing I wanted to do. But yeah. my my grandfather, God bless him, I he he was a musician and then he retired and became an archaeologist. And I, I always wanted to be an archaeologist. And he turned around to me and said, "No, you don't need to do that, Stuart, because there's no money in it. So become an artist." Yeah, it's difficult to kind of make money yeah. out of being an archaeologist unless you dig up. Tutankhamun yeah so, like so, <laughs> nothing yeah, like that yeah, and yeah. I'm not sure he was buried I don't think there are any Egyptians no, buried no. around him not here in no, 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 no. please hold the Casimir engine will be with you shortly um, Shane Meadows yeah. local director of course yeah. he said that he if you gave him a phone with a camera on it yeah. he'd be able to make a film mm-hmm. Is, it, is that something that you think you could do? or do you I, think No, I, I would say to anyone you can do that. And I'm a great believer in this. Um, I think I, I started studying film 20, over 20 years ago. And when, we were, when I was studying, you know, we did not have the access to what we've got now. Yeah. And, you know, nowadays I just think, you know, how brilliant it is. If you've got any phone, Android or iPhone, you can go out, you can shoot anything you can go onto the computer and you can edit it yeah and anyone can do that and that's what filmmaking's about and i and i would actively encourage everyone to do that and i just think you know it's it's not it's i want to make more people aware of the fact that they can actually do this sort of thing because it's not you know it's it's not you're not out there as being these people i i don't think of myself as being any better than anyone else i just do what i do yeah and uh and i like it if people say to me you know what you do is good that's great you know i'll take that as a compliment and a pat on the back but i think people well, like you have got that spark there's something special about somebody who can create a story mm-hmm. um can can bring write a story or write a book yeah. or it, it, it takes somebody who can write music, who can write a song, whatever it might be. Yeah. There's something special, something inside your your makeup, inside your psyche that makes you different to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't know potentially. But I, mean, I mean, from my point of view, you know, what what is a story? And I just think, you know, if you could, you could, you could go and take a phone and record a bee in flight. Or, yeah. a, or a butterfly on some... I'm just looking at the grass waving in the wind in yeah. front of me. And I was just thinking, there's a perfect example. You know, you could have a... You could have... Take a... There could be a, a dragonfly on there, lands over there. You yeah. could take the image of that and you could... You could you could create a story from that. And that's what, that's what I'm saying. There's, a, there's an opportunity for everyone. And, and I think everyone's got a story within them. You know, this is the old, other old classic... But, but for me, that would just be a dragonfly landing on some well, grass. It's, it's that again. It's that spark to think you could make a story from that. That dragonfly could I be suppose, something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I, I do know where you come from. I, I think. I think that everyone. I think everyone does have a story within them, and everyone's got a story, and everyone has got a story. Because if you sit anyone down or a group of people down, they'll say, "Oh, you the other night we did such and such, and all yeah. oh, this happened," and and I'll always. 
you know, I'm there with my notepad going, oh, that's quite an interesting idea. I could use that potentially. Um, but that's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they've got stories and they're telling stories and they don't even realise it. And they've all, all you've got to do is then you've got to sort of um, prompt them and help them in a way to interpret that and make it something that then becomes valid to a bigger audience. Yeah. So, so yes, so... I think I think think Shane Meadows is very right in saying that, that with a mobile phone you can go out and make a film. I think I think you what you touched upon something that um, there there are things that are available. I mean, we're sitting on a bench mm-hmm. at the Star Disc. Yeah, it's blowing a gale. Yeah, it's been raining on and off. It has. Yeah, um, we're drinking a bit of homebrew. Yeah, but we're recording a podcast. Exactly. Yeah, I could put this out when I get home. Yeah. And and we're up and live. And exactly. It, yeah. The, yeah. The, the facilities that people have got, it it's, it's endless. You can do anything. These it days. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just having that spark of, of inspiration to, to kind of make it just that bit different. And just also having the inspiration, having the thought process of actually doing it. You know, one of the one of the biggest things I find, and you know, maybe this is what makes me slightly different from other people, is that a lot of people I know always say to me, you know. Stuart, you've always been so driven by what you want to do and you've never given up. Yeah. And... Where do you get that from, is it? I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know where I get it from. I mean, don't get me wrong, sometimes I just think, oh, you know, it's time to give all of this in and I might yeah. just go and not do this anymore. Yeah. But then, five minutes later, I'm sort of like, well, if I wasn't doing this, what would I do? And someone asked me the question, you know, what would you do, Stuart, if you weren't doing this? And they, uh, to be honest with you, I don't bloody know. Because I'd just be a little bit bored, really. You said that your granddad was a musician. Yeah. Where does all your, where does it all come from? Where does your filmmaking or your storytelling? I, don't, I, th- I think it comes from. I think it comes from both sides. Both sides of my family, in some way, were creative in different ways, and I just think that that mixture of genes has made me who I am. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. My brother. Uh, is in the band Frank, who I know that you follow. Oh, yeah. So he's yeah. a lead singer. So I don't yeah. know, he, he's exactly the same, you know. He's, he was always driven to do that, and he does that now. And uh, I don't know. I don't know where we both go. We, we were talking about this, a pair of us, actually, saying, talking about this, and we don't know, really. It's just one of those things. We, I don't know. You just, you, you, I, I just think to myself, I might as well go and do it because I've got nothing to lose. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, you know, people either like what I'm doing or they don't like what I'm doing and you take it on the chin and that's part of you know that's part of doing the whole creative process and yeah. that's that, I don't mind it at all people can turn around and say oh that's a rubbish Stuart well I'm doing it I'm trying to go out there and do it I would never turn around and you know use that against people so well, yeah. actually I'm doing it you're yeah. not doing it you yeah. know but um, you know it's it, I, I, it, I don't know where the self drive comes from I don't know um, it's hard it's bloody hard to keep going it is hard, I'm not well, going to say... Strange enough, one of the questions I've got is, you live the dream, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you were just about to say, it's real hard work, but I think, for me, you live the dream, you don't work kind of nine till five or, or, or whatever. No, I don't, I don't, no, but I still do, you know, to survive, I have to do my photography and yeah. walk dogs for people and yeah. work in a bar and all these things, yeah. but I don't mind that. Yeah. I don't but mind But you can that. get characters from that, sure. Yeah, I can get characters. Yeah. And that, you know, I've made the choice to do what I want to do. So, you know, and as long as we can... Uh, I'm really extremely lucky that with my wife, Jen, you know, we've made the choice together, and she said, no, I'm going to support you. And, you know, 
that's an incredible thing to have. To yeah. have that, to have someone support you and say, well, you know, we want to do, let's, let's just go for it. And, you know, one of the things we often discuss, as long as we can eat, we can have, we can have a drink, we can do things that we want to do, then that is, you know, that's all that matters. Really. What do you do in your spare time then? Are you an Eddie Stobart spotter or no, no, no stamp collecting? No, I just like to walk. I like, walk. To, oh yeah, I just go walking. Walk and photography. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got an exhibition on at Mercia soon. I have, yeah. Yeah. What What can we expect there? Oh, good, good question. I was just going through it this <laughs> evening. So. Uh, no, it's got. It, it will be. Uh, it's going to be a selection of landscapes that are. They're all inspired by my film work or could be potential film work in the future so that it's almost like the film locations okay so do you go to a location i know a lot of films are locally but they're out and in the wilds there are there are do you take photographs of of, of areas that you think i need that to be in the next film yeah, that to yeah. Be in a future film yeah I've, I've got massive massive lists of photographs yeah. that i just think potentially i can use that in the future or not use it and you know I'm surprised tonight I've not brought my camera with me I actually forgot it so before you arrived I was taking pictures on my mobile phone I saw you taking pictures yeah I just thought I've got to do that while I'm here because that's what I normally do you see so yeah just take photographs of everything and then you know you can look at it one day and think oh you know why did I take that photograph and the next day you can look at it and go actually you know that makes sense that makes sense just for this one moment I can go back and use that in my film what scares you? Is it water, closed spaces, um, people, um, loneliness? No, I, I quite like loneliness. That's a weird thing. Um, I quite like being on my own. But then lots of artists, lots of creative people say yeah. that, don't they? So, um, but if you were writing a, if you were writing Stuart Weald in the movie, what would be the scary part of it? What would it be? Oh God, I don't know. That's a really interesting question. I don't really have that. I don't. Oh, heights, I suppose. Yeah. Heights now. I never used to. We're, we're on top of the world. <laughs> I, I know. That's a line from a film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it, no, no. You never used to be. But I'm just thinking to myself now. Actually, heights is. If I was going to say one thing, no heights, definitely. Yeah. And do you yeah. think that's an age thing? Because I used to go climbing yeah, when I was I, a kid, exactly, and I was yeah. fine. Yeah. Now I know that I could hit the floor hard. Yeah, I think it is an age thing, and I think that's I. And, and I still, I'm far more careful than I used to be. You know, yeah. on, on cliff edges, I'm just yeah. thinking like cliff edge thinking. Yeah. You know, it's going to crumble away, and you're uh, yeah, crumble yeah. to your death, and then someone won't find me. Yeah. And, you and you'll be covered in rocks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. still alive. But still alive. Yeah. Just your finger and yeah. a light, small, tiny piece and of light. Phone just out of reach. <laughs> <laughs> one of the scariest films um, is the one about the guy who was the arse on a mountain bike in America, and he falls off his mountain bike, gets his leg caught oh, in God, a, yeah. oh, yes. and he's he got to saw yeah. his own yeah, leg yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is a that's a good film. It's yeah. a great, it is a good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is. Um, if you've got to watch a film tonight, yes, what we're going to watch? I go back now, and I would watch. Don't say Mamma Mia. Oh God, no, 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 uh. no I wouldn't say it, no. Um, I would go and watch. Do you know what? Weirdly, I'd go and watch Mother again. Mother. Yeah, the horror film because I watched it the other night and I just. 
I thought oh, it's all right, but I keep saying to myself, I need to go back and revisit it for a second oh, time. I don't know it. It's Jennifer Lawrence film. Oh, okay. Um, and I would say, yeah, go and watch it. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange film. Um, I like and, weird. Yeah, well, good, because you'll like my films. Mrs. Engine's not too keen. I've dragged her along to some things in the past. I remember we went to see... There's a couple of guys do... Uh, they put music to Animat, they're called, in Sheffield. Oh, right, yeah. And they put music... Uh, they do the score. And I went to see one of my favourite films, Dark Star. Right. And they played the music. <laughs> Within about five minutes, Mrs. Engine was fast asleep. And there was just me and five other geeks, you know, avidly watching, <laughs> watching the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you'd go for Mother. I would, yeah, or that, or I would actually go, or if I wasn't going to go the horror route, I'd go and watch Manhattan, Woody Allen, one okay. of the best films ever yeah. made. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And TV programme, what TV programme? Reginald Perry? Reginald Perry, i go and watch re- the reruns. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got it on CD, uh, CD DVD. <laughs> CD, CD video? DVD. I've got it, I've got a DVD <laughs> video, yeah. yeah. I have, yeah, I've got a whole yeah. series, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be with um, with Leonard Roster though. Yeah. The, the ones, the other ones. Oh, I can't remember any others. They were there. remade, weren't they? With um, oh god, what, oh, I can't even think what his name is. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can't remake something like that. No, they did remake them, and it yeah. was awful. It's like Rising Damp or anything like that. There are classics that you should never touch. No, no. Blake Seven. You should never no, you shouldn't touch it. Seven. No, 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 I agree. Would you ever do an audio? I was speaking to some guys from Worksworth who did Hillsiders. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They did a, a, like a radio play type yeah. thing. And I was really keen to see if it would be possible to do a radio play or something like I that. Would, I, this is something I'm looking at, strangely, and I would love to. And I'm actually, at the moment, just about to start writing a radio play. Okay. I don't know what it's about, so oh, I don't right. ask me, because I'm, I'm at that point where I'm just about to start yeah. writing it. But no, it's something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Because I, I and I do think I do think actually that's a, it would be it'd be really really interesting I to think, do. I think we're going back a little bit. I mean, it might it might just be me. I, I, I collect stuff that I used to have years ago. Right. Yeah. Like the old um, those. Uh, this isn't good for radio for podcast but those red things that you put a disc in oh you, right yes you know the kind yeah, of yeah, view, yeah, view, yeah. view masters, masters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I collect yeah. things like that and I bought um, an untouched set of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on cassette oh, and I didn't have a cassette yeah, yeah. player at this I've just managed to pick up a, oh, brilliant. a, a, yeah, yeah, a hi-fi yeah. with a, a yeah. cassette player in it but um, if, yeah. you, if you did it you'd have to record the whole radio play on reel to reel though you see yeah because that would be even more authentic be, yeah you see, that's going back. When I was at university and I studied, we studied radio as part of my course, yeah. and we did it all on reel to reel. Fantastic! Though, <laughs> you know, yeah. absolutely superb. You have to cut it up and you know yeah. do the whole. And I loved it. Absolutely. Loved and the it. effects. I always remember. I, 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 I like Kenny Everett. Yeah, yeah. Um, he used to do Captain Kremen. Yes. When I was yeah, a kid, yeah, yeah. and um, and he used to snip up the the tape and make sound effects and all sorts. Yeah, of things. yeah. I mean, this was just. We'd be able to do this on an app. Yeah, yeah. Or some, well, yeah, we'd yeah. be able to get a kid to let us know how to do it. Yeah, but, exactly, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think radio plays, we're harking back. Maybe it's just me, but I think there's a, there's, people listen to podcasts. I didn't realise this, so I listened to a Bob Mortimer po- podcast. Right. 
but now radio seems to be dying a little bit. Yeah. FM radio. Yeah, digital yeah, yeah. radio digital. is is working. Yeah. Radio free Matlock goes from strength to strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think you, yeah, if you write a radio play, I think you might be onto something. Well, I hope so. It's something I've thought about for a long time, and I, I think that doing horror on radio yeah. as a radio play will be something which would be really interesting and cha- challenging and I don't know maybe maybe I, I was thinking about it the night thinking actually you know it's just taking moving the visual aspect and make it, you've got to do it as sound yeah. you've got to make it's it it's all more, in the ma- it's imagination all, it is yeah makes yeah. it much more scary it does yeah, yeah yeah so maybe that's something that in the future that could be you know potentially out there Stuart Wilden. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us on the Casimir Engine Show podcast. Thank you. I managed to do it for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks so much. Oh, really thank you appreciate very much. that. It was yeah, great. No, cheers. Thank you. Right. The Casimir Engine. Reliably mediocre.